is going on around us. And so today I'm going to um, um, join in part two of this series, and I'm going to talk about faith. And a lot of you guys are probably like, okay, faith. Well, what is faith? And so I'm going to talk about the idea of, of what faith is, not the materialistic type of faith, that a lot of us think of, and, 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 and we, we sometimes uh, uh, come, come together with that, that idea of like, uh, well, I can believe God for this and that, and, 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 and I believe God for healing and all these other things. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. So I'm going to talk about the firm foundation of what faith really is. So how many of you guys love your Bibles? Okay, all right. Well, let's get into it. See, I haven't preached in like four weeks. So um, you guys got to holler back at me. You got to give me, give me some amens. You got to give me some preach, brother. You got to give me, I know we're in Utah, but that's okay, all right? We can get, if you're from the South or anything, just let it all out today, amen? Amen. But we're going to, um, this series, is we're going to be finding ourselves a lot in the book of Hebrews, and not just in the book of Hebrews, because we believe that the word of God, that there's, there's scriptures that, that go upon scriptures, and so we don't just preach out of Hebrews, but um, the primary scriptures and the foundation of this series will be in Hebrews. And so today I'm going to be talking out of Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 1. You ready? All right. It says this, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. Somebody shout faith. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by what? The word of God. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. So today as we continue on in our series Chasing Horizons, I want to speak to you on the subject of faith forward. Faith forward. How, how to move forward in a backwards world. Will you pray with me one more time? Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your word, Father. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can stand on your word. We thank you, Lord, that there's truth in your word. So, Father, as today, as I, as I preach this message, Father, I thank you, Lord, that ears are open, that hearts are open to receive what you have for each individual. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this place. Father, I, I get rid of any anxiety. I get rid of any fear. I get rid of anything that would hinder me from preaching your word. I thank you, Lord, that lives are changed, not by my words, but because of your word. And so we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said? Come on, everyone said? Amen. All right, so um, when I was reading this, this scripture, I started, like, doing a little bit more research in, in the area of what faith actually is. And, and, and what, when it says faith is the substance. And so I just kind of want to talk about this idea of what faith actually is. And so I wrote this down. Um, faith is, is the substance. Faith is what will fill your empty stomach. Faith is substance. It's what will fill your empty stomach. Faith is what will fuel you to keep going. We're talking about the idea of chasing horizons. So we have this idea of faith. Faith is the substance that we need to keep chasing after Jesus, to keep pursuing him, to chase after the horizon, even when we don't see it. And I think that's the key. In this moment, even when we don't see it, we are called still to live by what? Faith. And so faith will cause us to move forward even when the winds and the waves are against us. Even when we may doubt, it's faith. Somebody say it one more time. Shout faith. Faith. And so I, I shared this story um, a, a while back. A lot of you guys may know, but I didn't share the whole story. But um, I, I had the opportunity when I was about 15 and 17 years old to be in these Disney Channel original movies called High School Musical 1 and 2. 
Catch your boy, catch your boy on the Disney Channel. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so I had this opportunity to be in this movie, but I never told like the backstory to how that actually happened. I shared little bits and pieces of, of what, when I was on set, and I've shared little stories and, and glimpses of uh, different things that happened. But I want to share some backstory of actually how that came to be. Because a lot of times I, I started thinking about that story, and I, I really actually forgot about it because um, I thought about, like, uh, I was in it, and I, and I did my thing, and I had fun, and, and all those things. But I, I really had to go back and say, okay, how did I become, how did I get into that movie? And so my mom, how many of you guys love moms? My mom, I grew up, I, I grew up uh, in a Christian home, and my mom was a prayer warrior, I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling you, she would, like, pray the paint off of the walls. I mean, she'd be like, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Ah, she'd just be going back and forth and just praying. So I grew up in this atmosphere of a home where I knew what prayer was. I knew, I knew how, how to pray just by watching her. And so my mom was a prayer warrior, and so she was a woman of faith. And, and so she would always, uh, uh, every, every single time that I would doubt for a second, she would like, she was one of those moms who was like, what does the word say? What does the Word of God say about that situation? I'm like, I don't know. I'm 10. Like, you tell me what the Word of God says. Um, so she would always be, like, telling me all, all this stuff. And so she, I grew up in that atmosphere of prayer. And um, uh, I remember this one time. I was about 11 years old. And I used to watch Disney Channel movies all the time. Okay, I'm not endorsing Disney. But okay. But I used to watch Disney Channel all the time. And so I remember when I was 11 years old, I, I, I came from watching a movie. And, and I just went to the kitchen. And she was in the kitchen. And I was like, Mom. One day I want to be in a, in, a, in a Disney Channel movie. And what did she do? She said, okay, you want to be in a Disney Channel movie? She said, write it down. It says, write the vision down, make it plain. She just started going off and spouting off all the word of God. She said, I'm serious. Go write it down. And I was like, write it down? I'm just like, I'm just telling you. You, 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 you remind me. I don't know. I don't want to write it down. So she's like, seriously, go write it down. Go put it in a journal. Write it down. And so I did. I, and I said, I'm writing the vision. I'm making it plain. One day I'll be in a Disney Channel movie. Literally, I wrote this down. I still have it in her garage somewhere. And, and so I, I, I wrote it down, and, and I made it plain. And so she was teaching me in that moment about what faith actually is. And, 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 and you might think that faith is, is, is a materialistic thing of actually being in that movie. No, faith is believing and standing on the word of God that is true. And so as I wrote, wrote this down, I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in a Disney Channel movie. I'm gonna, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue this thing and I'm going to make this thing happen. And so today, as I'm preaching this message, I believe that, that your ears are going to be open and that your hearts are open to receive what God has for you. Maybe that you're believing for some promises that haven't happened in your life yet. But as you stand on the word of God, as you stand on the truth that's in the word of God, those things can come to pass. Those things will happen. So everybody shout with me number one. It's my first, my first point is this. When we don't know his ways, we stray from his heart. When we don't know his ways, we stray from his heart. Hebrews 3, verse 7 through 11, it says this. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Let me say that again. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to test and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their what? Heart. They have not known my ways as I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into rest. So when we don't know his ways, we stray from his heart. 
Sometimes I think we may not realize that our hearts are hardened. And we're talking about chasing horizons. We're talking about pursuing everything that God has for us. We're talking about when everything goes against us, we're going to keep pressing in. We're going to keep pursuing what Jesus has for us. So sometimes I think that we don't realize that our hearts are hardened. We're walking around. We're going to church. We're doing the things that we normally do. But, but inside, our hearts are hardened. We've lost faith. Somewhere along the lines, we've lost a childlike faith. We've lost this hope that, that, that normally we should be anchored in. But we've lost all hope. So what does that look like? It looks like um, uh, losing and, 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 and uh, hardening your hearts may look like this. It may look like God promised you something years ago, and you wrote it down, and it's like nothing has ever happened. Or it may be in your life right now. Your marriage isn't going quite the way that you want it to. You're coming to church by yourself every single week, and you, and you want your spouse to come, but, but they're not coming. And so, but you're still coming. You're trying to be faithful. You're trying to be hopeful of the future, but they're not coming. So you, you're losing all faith. You're hardening your heart. You might be believing God for, for healing in your body or for healing for a family member, but you're losing hope because they're like on their deathbed or they're about to die, but you're losing all hope, and your heart becomes hardened. You see, we have to trust his ways even when it seems like we are walking blind. And a lot of times we're called as Christians to what? Walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to, to step out on things even when it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. We're called to believe God. We're called to stand on the word even if it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. We're called to trust in him even when all chaos is breaking out in our lives and everything's going wrong. We're called to stand and trust in him. So when... When we harden our hearts, we stray from his heart. We become stuck when we choose to forget what God has done and says he will do. And a lot of us in here probably have experienced something that God has done, whether you realize it was God or whether you don't realize that it's God. We've all experienced something, and, and we, we should realize what the things of God are and know. Know those things and stand on those things and believe God. Because I think a lot of times we can forget. We can so easily forget when we're running and chasing after something else, we forget what God has done in the past. But I think we're, God is calling us to remember those things. As we're pursuing him, as we're chasing after him, as we're running after him, he's called us to remember those things while running ahead. Recall all the miracles. Recall all the things that I've done. But still pursue me. Keep chasing after new things. So if we, I think the enemy, the, the big thing with this one is I think the enemy wants to distract us. And he wants to harden our hearts to not see how God, how faithful God really is. I think that's the, the biggest thing that he wants to do is if he can harden your heart, he doesn't have to do anything in the natural. That's the thing. The enemy doesn't have to do anything in the natural. He can just distract you and he can harden your hearts to the things of God. And he can stop getting you to believe and trust in who Jesus is. And if he, believe, if, he, if he gets you to believe those things, he's already won. He doesn't have to have anything in the natural. Everything in the natural could be going well, but if our hearts are hardened, if our, if our hearts are so hardened with, with, with bitterness or anger or resentment and all those things, then he can stop you from, from knowing God's heart. And that's what he wants to do. He's, it's the subtle things that happen. So I think we can, really, we can subtly stray from, from his heart when we go through things in our lives. And we begin to doubt his character. We begin to doubt who he really is, who he said 
he will be, who he said that he was. We begin to doubt his character. So when we don't know his ways, we stray from his heart. So I think in order for us to really chase after the things that God has for us, we have to know his ways and we have to know his heart. And everything that we do, we have to know his ways and we have to know his heart. Everybody shout with me number two. When we don't hold on to his word, we forget his promise. When we don't hold on to his word, we forget his promise. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, it says this. And this is about the certainty of God's promise. This is about um, uh, the forefathers before us and, and how they were certain in who God was. It's about the promises of God. So in verse 13, it says this. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So this is Jesus speaking. So he had to stand on this word. This is, this is the word. He had to stand on the word that God has spoken to him. I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. After waiting when? Patiently. After waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Verse 16. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms that what, what is said and puts an end to all argument. Verse 17. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may greatly, may be greatly encouraged. And this is one of my favorite parts. Verse 19. We have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so I love this. It's the word and the promise. The word and the promise. I'm going to be a redundant preacher. The word and the promise. The word and the promise go together. God's word is his promise. What he spoke is his promise. What he said, it will happen. So everything that's in the word of God, what is spoken in this word, in this word is what will be. And a lot of us, we're, we're waiting for an audible voice. We're waiting for God to speak through us in, in a bush. We're waiting for God to speak to us some other, some other way. But it's like, okay, why, why are we choosing for other people to speak to us? Why do we wait for a pastor to share a word? And I'm a pastor. I believe in the word of God. I believe that we can speak words of truth into people's lives. There's a time and a season for that. But at the end of the day, people are not perfect. We should be standing on what? His word and his promise. So what does that look like? The word of God, standing on the word of God, it's like, okay, Lord, oh, man. Ah, man, I'm dealing with fear today. Oh, oh, you said in this, in this word, oh, your perfect love casts out all fear. Hmm, I'm going to stand on that word. Why do I feel afraid? Why do I f feel fearful? Why do I feel this way? When your word says that your perfect love casts out all fear, that's standing on the promise of God. That's standing on the word of God. As truth. But a lot of us, we wait for these audible signs. We wait for this, this direction. We wait for this huge voice. 
instead of following what God says in the word and standing on the promises that he's given us, standing on everything that he has for us, we, we continue to doubt the word of God. But it's God's word, it's his promise. What he spoke, it will be. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about chasing the horizon. So if God told me to go this way, I'm going to stand firm on the word of God. I'm not going to look to the past. I'm not going to look to what happened behind. But I'm going to choose to stand firm on what he has spoken and what he has said. Come on, I'm preaching good at 10 a.m. It's about the word of God. It's about the truth of God. And so we have to come to grips with ourselves and realize, man, I need to stand firm on the word of God. I'm done dealing with this fear. I'm done dealing with this shame. I'm done dealing with this insecurity. I'm done dealing with this pain and the sickness in my body. So what am I going to do? I'm going to choose to stand on the word of God no matter what comes my way. I'm going to press in. I'm going to chase after everything that God has for me. Standing on the word, God's promises, the word and the promise. God's word is the promise. You don't need anything else. You don't need me to come up here and preach to you every single Sunday. If you get into this word and find out what it says about you, that's all you need. I'm just, I'm just preaching what this says. That's all I'm doing. You're coming to hear me preach what the word of God says. But a lot of us need to stand on the word of God by ourselves. I'm not with you seven days a week. Thank God. I love you, but I'm not with you seven days a week. I can't be there and telling you, oh, oh, you're, oh Sierra, are you dealing with fear? Perfect love casts out all fear. You should say that word. Oh, uh, Abe, you're dealing with uh, condemnation in Romans 8. Uh, there's therefore no, non- no condemnation. Oh, oh, you're dealing with sickness in your body. God said that he would heal you from your sickness. I can't, I can't be with you every two seconds. <laughs> you have to stand on the word. You have to stand on the promises of God for your situation. You have to stand on the promises of God for your marriage. You have to stand on the promises of God for your family. You have to stand on the promises of God for healing in your body. I can't do that for you. I can agree and come in agreement with you, but I can't stand on the word for you. Only you can do that, boo-boo. Come on. Only you can do that. So if we don't hold on to his word, we'll forget his promise. My daughter, Sylvie Grace, she's two years old. And um, I'm starting to realize that as she gets older, she's starting to know, know more things that are around her. And so every single night before she goes to bed, I kid you not, she asks what we're doing tomorrow. And for me, that drives me crazy. It drives me nuts. I'm like, you'll see what happens when you wake up. Don't, don't. You'll see what happens. And so every single, every single night, she asks, okay, like, what are we doing tomorrow? All this stuff. She doesn't say it like that, but she says in, in baby form. Um, and she, she wants to know. And so I'll tell her. I'll be like, okay, well, tomorrow your friends are going to come over. Or tomorrow uh, it's, it's church day, so we're going to go to church. And she'll say, church, church, church. She'll say all these different things. But what is she assessing in that moment? She's assessing that I'm going to stand on my promise, and I'm going to fulfill what I said to her. She's standing and saying, okay, my daddy said that tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to go to church. Or my daddy said tomorrow when I wake up, we're going to go to the zoo. So she's standing on that word. She's standing on the word that I spoke to her, and she's believing that it's going to happen. How much more should we be standing on the words of God and believe that it's going to happen? If my daughter, which is two years old, can trust in me, her dad, that I'm going to do what I say that I'm going to do, how much more should we be standing on the words of our father 
and say, man, oh, God said this. He has spoken this over my life, so I'm going to step into that. I'm going to believe that, and I'm going to rely on that no matter what comes my way. I'm going to stand on the truth of the word of God no matter what happens. So if she can do that at two years old, come on, somebody. We should be able to do that with God, but why, why do we not do that? Why do we choose to doubt his word? Why do we choose to doubt those things? Let me ask you this question. If God created the heavens and the earth by the power of his word, and he upholds everything by his word, why is it so hard for us when circumstances and situations come, we forget the words that he promised and spoke? If he upholds everything by his word, in the beginning it said he created the heavens and the earth. Everything was created by the power of his word. When he spoke things into existence, it happened. When he believed and he spoke those things and said, light be, light was. But how come when things come in our lives, when, when we feel so uh, 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 disarrayed and we feel, like, we feel like everything is breaking in our world, we forget the word of God. We forget to stand on the word of God and say, man, God has spoken this. Why am I in fear? Why do I doubt? God has spoken everything. He upholds the world by his, his word, by his word. He upholds everything by his word. And so we have to get to the point where, where we just rely on this. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. Man, Lord, it doesn't matter what's happening in my marriage right now. Because I know that you are for this marriage and you're not against it. And so I put this marriage into your hands. And I say, Lord, I thank you that you're covering this marriage. I trust you with this marriage. Because you have unified us and I think you have a plan and a purpose for us. Or it may look like, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I feel sick in my body. I'm having sickness in my body. So I think oh, I'm standing on your word. It says, by, by your stripes, by your stripes, over 2,000 years ago when you died on the cross, you have made me whole. It says in the word of God, you have made me whole. So I stand on that wholeness because you paid the price for me. I stand on the word. Word, promise. God's word is the promise. They go hand in hand. I'm not just standing on this word and not believing that the promises of God are going to happen. The word and the promise come together, and that's where miracles take place. That's when things happen. Everybody shout with me number three. When we doubt his voice, we fear our purpose. When we doubt his voice, we fear our purpose. We're going to talk and go through Matthew 14, 22 through 23. And this is about Jesus and how he walked on the water. Matthew 14, 22 through 23. It's on the screen. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Let me pause right here. Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. I started to think about this, and I, I started to do some more in-depth study on this. 
And it says later on in this text that they were afraid. And I started thinking about how long the disciples had known Jesus. So previous to this miracle of walking on the water, the disciples had known Jesus for three years. They had known him. They had spent pretty much probably every waking moment with him. Every single day, they were around him. And so I would go to say that if you're around somebody for that long, you probably are best friends. So you know their character. You know what they look like. You know what they sound like. And so it goes on to say this. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, what did he say? Take courage, it is I. Take courage, it is I. He didn't say, take courage, it's Jesus, the son of the living God. I'm here with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, he said, it is I. Normally I would say, hey, it's Andrew. I'm coming in. Hey, hey, it's so-and-so. Hey, it's Caitlin. I'm coming in. Hey, it's, it's Jeff. Hey, it's Amber. And we knock on people's doors and we say that. We say our name. We come with our name. But he said, no, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So in this moment, Peter knew his voice. Peter knew his voice in this moment. And so he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And he says, come. He didn't say, come, Peter. I beckon you to come on the water. He said, come. It is I. Come. And so he goes on to say, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. So this is my boat. It's not a boat. I, we, don't, we didn't get a real boat, but this is my boat right here. So I'm imagining all, all the disciples in the boat. They're doing their thing. They're, they're afraid. They're like, whoa, who's that? That's, who's that walking on the water? I'm afraid of all this stuff. They're rowing. They're doing the things. The winds, everything's coming against them. But when Jesus said, come, Peter stepped out. And he came. He began to walk on the water. He began to listen to the voice. Let me rewind. When Jesus said, come out of the boat, he stepped out, walked on the water, and began to come. When I was reading this, I never saw it like this, but this is what amazes me. Peter stepped out on a word. He stepped out on a word, believing that God was going to fulfill that word and that he would protect him. See, a lot of us, we step out on the word, but then we forget the word, and we forget to trust, and we start to doubt. We start to doubt. So I, I, and, and, and in and of itself, that was a miracle. Like, to even, I don't even know how many footsteps he walked in the water. Who cares? He walked on the water, okay? So that was a miracle in and of itself. But I'm, I'm trying to think about this when, when, when he said, come, so he, he stayed assured on that word. But then the wind started to blow. Ben, you can come up. The wind started to blow. Everything started to happen. And what does that look like? So that looks like distractions in our life. 
that looks like a relationship we're not supposed to be in, that looks like uh, a job we're not supposed to be at. Come on, somebody. That looks like different things in our lives that we're not supposed to be in our lives. The wind represents that. And so he steps out on the word. And Jesus says, come. But immediately when the winds and the waves came against him, he doubted the word. He doubted the word. Why? Because he's human. But I wonder if we could just stand on the word of God. I wonder, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I probably wouldn't even step out of the boat. I'm Andrew. I'm the boat. You're like, bro, you get it. I don't even know how to swim. I'm just kidding. I know, I know how to swim. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I'd be like, I'm, I, like, I don't even know how to swim. I'm not getting out on this boat. Like, I probably, probably would have been the one that was sitting in there and been like, okay, well, you do you. Okay, good. All right. You walk two steps. But I wonder if, if Jesus called us out, which he's calling each and every one of us out in different ways, in different spheres, in different moments. He has called each and every one of you out. Not to live in the boat, not to live in comfortability, not to live in everything that satisfies us, not to live in everything that satisfies my home, but he's called you to step out of the boat. And we're talking about chasing horizons. We're talking about a deep faith, a deep knowing of who Jesus is. When he calls you out, we should be rest assured to stand on the word of God. No matter what comes our way, no matter the winds are blowing, Things are happening, but I'm staying true on the word of God. I'm staying firm on who Jesus is. I'm stepping out on the water. I'm stepping out on the waves. I'm doing everything that God has called me to do. But sometimes we forget the word. And I'm here to encourage you this morning to stand on the word. I don't know what that looks like for your individual lives. You might be standing on something for your family. Stand on the promises of God and don't waver in what Jesus has spoken. Don't waver in the things that are around your life. Don't waver. If God spoke it, if he said it, it will happen. All we have to do is say, he's saying, come out of the boat. Come on. Come on. I'm calling you to hire. I'm calling you to chase horizons. I'm calling you to do everything that I've called you to do. Step out of the boat. So we have to step And be assured of who Jesus is. And step out of the boat. You see, when Peter stepped out of the boat, he was stepping out in faith that Jesus would keep him safe. A lot of times we read this text and it says, when the wind started to pick up, Peter began to be scared because his eyes were no longer on Jesus. Normally that's that's the text that we read. Because his eyes... We're no longer on Jesus. But as I was studying, and although that was partially true, as I was studying, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, he not only lost focus, but Peter forgot my voice. And so I think that we have to get into the word of God and figure out what does God sound like? What is his voice? Do I really understand his voice? Or am I doing the things that I feel like are just right? Am I, am, I, am I really understanding who he is and what he is telling me to do? Do I really know his voice? Let me tell you something. Jesus will never ask you to step out and do something that is not in his word. His word is his voice. His word is his character. His word is everything that you need. 
So if you're doubting something in your life, get into the word of God and see what it has to say about that situation. And I love, I love uh, Hebrews 11. Go home and read it. Because as I was reading it, man, I got fired up. And I was like, Ooh, man, this is so good about faith. It talks about all the promises of God and all the, the ancestors and, and how they receive faith. So I'm going to read some of these to you right now. It says, by faith, Noah was able to trust a word and build an ark, even though it didn't rain for years. Come on. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to a place where he was able to receive his inheritance. By faith, Abraham was called to the promised land. By faith, when Moses was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was called to more. That was faith. By faith, later on, Moses was able to cross the Red Sea on dry land. By faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after being circled for seven days. By faith. By faith, a man who died for you, that was buried for three years, rose from the grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave. That was by faith. That was by faith. So if we're going to chase horizons, if we're going to do everything that God has called us to do, if we're going to step into new territory, we got to do it by faith. But faith is a knowing in your heart that it's going to happen no matter what. You may not see it with your own eyes, but faith is believing and is standing on God's word and his promise. Standing on his word and his promise. So when we doubt his voice, we fear our purpose. And my question is to you, do you know your purpose? Because you can come in here week after week. But do you firmly know who God has called you to be? Where he's called you to go? What he's called you to do? Do you know your purpose? And allow yourself to read the word of God and find out his voice. Amen? Will you stand with me?